This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a volunteer-based community access station. For more information, go to www.radiokidnappers.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this program available through funding the Access Internet Radio Project. You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bank for the first time this year. It's our pleasure to have in the studio on your time to shine, Celine Harlow. How are you going? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I'm good. You have a great Christmas and a happy New Year and all Gosh, that sort of yeah. stuff. Gosh, yeah. It feels like it's a lifetime away already. I know. <laughs> you get back from holiday, you go to work for the first day, and it seems like that holiday was a month I ago. Know. Can you believe it? Anyway, today we've got a very interesting uh, topic we're going to talk about today. And uh, But before we get there, just remind our listeners, your time to shine. What's your business all about? So my business is all about self-love. Mm-hmm. So I have been on a journey to self-love. And during that journey, I have learned to love myself. And yes. I've been so passionate about it that I'm teaching it to my clients and my students. So my business is all about loving yourself. Is that the same as Reiki? Well, Reiki is one of the modalities I teach, and that has really helped me in my own journey. Mm-hmm. So Reiki is one way that you can do it, but we all know that we all self-love means something very personal to each of us. So Reiki is one way, Theta Healing is another, meditation is another, and who knows what else. What do you say to people who think that um, self-love is just being narcissistic? <laughs> well, you definitely have some limiting beliefs around uh, taking care of yourself there, I would say. But um, I think self-love is just about embracing who you are, no matter what you've done or who you think you are or how you feel about yourself. So self-love is this unconditional love for yourself. And that changes the way you, d- you go about everything in your life. It's interesting that we need to be taught self-love. Does it not come naturally to us? Well, look at your parents. Did your parents teach you self-love? I know that my parents didn't teach me self-love at all. My parents taught me about self-sacrifice, about, you know, putting others before you, I mean, putting others' needs before your own needs, you know, about, um, like, doing, um, like, committing to your goals and just, you know, do-do-do-do-do-do-do and never, like, um, taking care for yourself, taking care to rest, Mm -hmm. uh, taking the time to rest. So my parents didn't teach me how to love myself, how to love my body, how to nourish my body, for example, how to yeah, nourish my body. So what's the first step to self-love? Do we look in the mirror and say, like, so I get up in the morning, look in the mirror, <laughs> and, I, and I say, good morning, Mr. Wonderful. Is that, is that how it works or not? Is that what you do actually no, every I, morning? I, I you don't should. Need to. It's amazing. <laughs> um, I often say that the first step to self-love is to acknowledge where you're at in your life now. So, for example, with a lot of women that I work with, they have a lot of um, negative self-talk. So, you know, like you, we all like kind of limit ourselves or sabotage ourselves. Like you can't do this or you don't deserve this mm-hmm. or you know you don't deserve to have a loving partner or a great job or yeah. to have a beautiful, sexy body. You know, and we just sabotage ourselves all the time. So the first step is to recognize those negative limiting heavy thoughts and to see oh why are you here thoughts why am i giving you a lot of importance and can i get rid of you that's the second step i think uh you hit the nail on the head there a lot of us do say no i could never do that and we're sort of we're defeating ourselves before we start Mm, aren't we absolutely but of course, on the other hand, there's no one, there's no way I'm going to ever have a sexy body. So you've got to be realistic as well, don't you? Gosh, okay. You do, don't you? You need to learn self-love. <laughs> you have to be realistic about this sort of stuff, surely. But no, like, I mean, the idea it really is that you can accept yourself the way you are now, and you can look forward to the future. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, that's great. But is it realistic? <laughs> 
Well, I think it is. I mean, I have changed. I mean, by starting to believe that I could love myself now, I have changed everything in my life. And mm -hmm. from the person that I was four years ago, you know, you wouldn't really recognize me. I am completely different. The people that I have attracted in my life, the job that I have, my health, everything is different. Just because I thought maybe it is possible for me to love myself now. It obviously has worked for you, but I wonder, do you have to work at it every single day? or And do people fall off the wagon? So, I mean, you get them along, you, you pump them up, they feel great about themselves, they go home and they feel great about themselves for a week or two, and then they go, Zzzz. is that what happens? <laughs> well, I think that the mistake that we make here is that self-love is not a goal per, per mm -hmm. se, it's a journey. So I find new ways to love myself every day, and I've been doing yes. this for four years every day. <laughs> so, you know, what self-love used to mean to me four years ago, it's not the same now. So, um, you know, like self-love, for example, four years ago meant that I wouldn't eat any processed sugar. And that was a really difficult thi thing for me to achieve. But now self-love means that, for example, I would turn off my phone for half of the day because I want to focus on a certain task. Mm -hmm. So um, self-love is a journey. And, of course, you don't really need to. You just want to be committed to self-love, to loving yourself, to whatever that means to you. And then things will get easier and you will learn things about yourself that will make the process really easier. Before we came to here, we were having a bit of a chinwag about our phones. Gosh. And you said you phones. spent two and a half hours on the phone every day. It and was shocking. You're not even on Facebook and that I sort of know. stuff. Well, the thing is, I don't consider myself to be a really techie person. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, like, I discovered Chromecast about, I don't know, a year ago, and, yeah. I, and my, my mind was blown. And so, um, two days ago, my phone told me, Celine, you have spent an average of an hour on your phone every day this week. And I thought, how? I don't even have Instagram or Facebook or even my inbox apps on my phone. Like, how is it possible? What did I do? How did I manage to lose two hours per day? I still don't know. Is that stolen time in your eyes? Sorry? Is that stolen time? And it's it time we're never going to yeah, get I mean, back. I mean, I could have done a lot of other things during those two hours and what was so necessary you know wh why did why did i just allow myself to spend two hours on my phone obviously it wasn't two hours at once it was kind sure. of spread bits and pieces and that yeah. was uh, that's why i was shocked so what are you going to do to curtail that activity so to speak how, do you, do you how are you going to be more aware of that <laughs> well, I, just, I just oh gosh i don't look i don't even take my phone out with me in the weekend because you know i'm not that important that someone needs to get hold of me or i need to get hold of them so i leave i make a decision when i get mm. home to leave my phone at home in the weekend. So if I'm going out anywhere, don't take it. What about an emergency? Well, what about an emergency? What, what happened in an emergency 20 years ago? We didn't have mobile phones. You know? I think the mistake that I make is that I always want to be available for my clients and my students, and it's something to do with boundaries here. But like, if I get a message, I will do my best to reply to it as soon as I can. So if I don't have my phone or if it's on silent mode or blah, 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 then I won't be able to reply to it as soon as I can. So I think for me, the next step will be to set time, like set specific times ahead. Like, you know, I will check my inbox at 10 a.m. Mm -hmm. and 4 p.m., for example, and for the rest of the day, I will not check it. Do you think it's F-O-M-I, fear of missing out? We're terrified we're going to miss out on something, so we've got to be looking at our phones all the time. Gosh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Well, I think it's definitely an effect of social media, isn't it, that mm. people have a cool life and that we should have a cool life as well because we want to be cool and loved and we want to belong. I know lots of people who put photographs of their uh, evening dinner up on Facebook. Really? <laughs> Isn't, aren't your dinners that interesting, Ken? <laughs> well, I mean, I personally wouldn't do that, but lots of people do. Why? What's that all about, do you think? I think it's about, um, well, we all want to be special. That's my idea. That's my assumption. We all want to be special and we all want others to acknowledge that we are special. 
And so we post things and we tell stories about ourselves that make us seem that we are really special. But of course, we know that there's a lot of things that we don't show on social media. Too much information, perhaps? I think so. Absolutely yeah. right. Okay, today uh, we're going to talk about something that you have been swept along in a craze. I know. And uh, I personally would I never be... I am proud of it. <laughs> would never be, yes, you are. I would never be swept along in this craze, and I don't really understand why people are, but tell us what this craze is. Okay, so today we are talking about simplifying your life, and the reason why we're talking about this today is that um, there has been a new show on Netflix, and uh, it's a show by Mary Kondo, who's mm-hmm. a tidying, tidying expert, I think she calls herself. Yes, she does. And it is a fascinating thing. There's about like six episodes in, in uh, season one, and it's all about a different family who wants to simplify their lives by decluttering their homes. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. It is fascinating. Um, it's fascinating t- from my point of view to think, wow, who would need someone to tell them that they need to declutter their home. I mean, she even goes, or you might correct me if I'm wrong here, but she even goes as far as to tell you how to fold your clothes properly, (laughs) including your undies. I mean, really? Well, I think the assumption is that, you know, by decluttering your home, you declutter your mind as well. So if you have a constantly messy kitchen, like you won't want to spend time in your kitchen at all because it's so messy, difficult to clean, and so on. So by having a clean kitchen at all times, you will want to spend more time in the kitchen, you will want to cook nice meals for your family, and so you will be healthier as a result. I wonder, though, how many people have kitchens that are like that? A lot. Really? I think so. Is your kitchen like that? Mine, no, but a lot of people that I know, yes. (laughs) But you've you've been swept along with the craze, so what are you doing that you weren't doing before? Well, it really resonated with me because, you know, every year I choose a word that is going to um, represent something for the new year, for the year ahead. Mm -hmm. And my word for this year is simplify. And so I've been just so attracted to Marie Kondo because she said something that really resonated with me. And her simple question is, you know, will this item bring you joy in your life? moving forward and it's such a simple question and since I have watched the show I have constantly in my car a bag of things that I'm letting go that I'm going and I'm giving back to the op shop constantly and you know I am constantly on the go I'm traveling all the time so and it's always that little piece of clothing or that whatever that I'm letting go even if I don't have a lot of things yeah um, I mean for instance personally I let go of stuff I don't like I don't like living in the past. Like I would very, very rarely open up a photo album of 20 or 30 or 40, 50 years ago. So, but I'm just that sort of guy. I'm not connected to the past in that way. But a lot of people are. Well, I think it's a tendency to hold on to things. And maybe it's because we believe that happiness is connected to how much material stuff we own. You know, the bigger house, the better car, the more, the most advanced uh, toaster you know whatever and we're attached to those things because we want them to say something about who we are you know i'm a person i'm a good person because i have an amazing toaster and so you know that's an amazing thought in the beginning but then it just um, teaches you to hold on to things and then it's difficult to let go of those things because you think that they're a part of your identity but really who are you really you're not what belongs to you you're not your stuff you're so much more than this I wonder, are you implying that it's wrong to hang on to things? No, it means some different things to do to all of us. And I think, I mean, people who are listening to us will know if they are holding on to too much stuff. And it's not really for me to say, it's sure. for them to say. Yeah, but I mean, I, th- I think I read somewhere which you were saying that no one needs more than 30 books. 
I think it's a rule that I don't believe in rules. I don't believe in guidelines like that. I believe that I love books, and、mm-hmm. if I had, if I wasn't traveling all the time, I would have a wall full of books. I、yeah. would. Don't tell my husband that <laughs> he doesn't know yet. But I would because books represent a lot of things to me. They're, they're really important for me. So I would definitely have more than thirty books. But I think it's about reaching that balance between you know, does this really bring you joy? That's a really simple question just to help you get started. Really,、uh, here's, <laughs> <laughs> here's an interesting thing that I read that she said.、Uh, she says,、um, she says, ask. She asks that you consider your clothing's feelings. Are they happy being squashed in a corner shelf or crowded onto hangers? Are your hard-working socks really thrilled to be balled up? Really? Why not? Really? I believe that. Everything that we own has a conscience, and like for example, I'm holding this pen now, and this pen actually means a lot to me because I bought it when I was in Australia、mm-hmm. four years ago, and、um, it's shrinking, and soon I'll have to let it go. But it means a lot to me. So we attach feelings and emotions and memories to everything that we own. So some things are, you know, joy and happiness and longing, and some other feelings are, you know, like regret, shame, guilt. So you know. We can let go of the things that bring us shame.、Um, sure, but is there not an、uh, an implication in that sentence that I just read out that your socks have feelings? Why not? You wear them. So, <laughs> I mean, from a theta healing point of view, yes. Like,、um, all right. So, if you wear a certain outfit、mm-hmm. and something awful happens to you, and constantly that that will happen,、um, you know, like your outfit will be forever attached to what happened that day. Does that make sense? So, in a, in a, yeah, I guess lesser to a lesser ex- extent, your sock, your socks also absorb whatever happens during、mm. your day. So, your socks want to be happy and joyful, just like you are. So they take on your energy. Is that what you're saying? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So,、um, I know, for instance,、uh, a, f- a few weeks back, I just、uh, and she's got a great thing on、uh, wardrobes and that sort of stuff. But I just every now and then, if I buy, if I buy something new. I tend to get rid of something old.、Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if I buy a pair of jeans, I would throw away one of my four pairs of jeans that I have. Because why am I buying a new pair of jeans? Probably because a pair has worn out. But I don't need to think about it, or you know, or read a book to think should I get rid of these pair of jeans? I would think that most people would just declutter. Is that not is that not the case that you've come across? Well, would, you would think so, but then wouldn't you? In that show with Mary Kondo, you would just look at people's houses and you would just see mess that has accumulated、mm. over decades, and you know people are just like afraid to get started because it seems like just like such an overwhelming task. So you would think so, but maybe not the way you do it. Ken. Sure, we all need to look for to look. Yeah, I decided to admire you. Do you have to be realistic、things. about it as well? I mean, to say that,、uh, for instance, if you look in your kitchen, we've we've got a.、Um, How can I describe it? It's probably a it's a bench top cooker. You know, you can、mm-hmm. cook chickens in it. You can cook whatever you like in it. And I did read somewhere that if you haven't used something for three months, you don't need it. But I would be loath to throw that out because I might only use it two or three times a year. But it's very useful. But according to what we're talking about today, if you if you're not using it, you should get rid of it. Is that is、I、that how it reads? I don't believe in those rules. I mean, they're good when you get started,、mm-hmm. but if you know that you're going to use something, then just keep it. If you don't believe that you're using it or that it would be better in other someone else's hands, then let go of it. If you embrace this、uh, decluttering that you're、um, advocating, is there a big chance that you can have some big fat regrets down the track? 
Give me an example. Well, you might say, okay, well, I haven't looked at those photos for... I've got photos in my attic at home that I haven't looked at for 20 years. So do I need those photos? Are they cluttering up my life? And if I'm listening to what you're telling me, I come along and say, declutter, get rid of that stuff. <laughs> and I go home and I think, yeah, she's got a good point. I haven't looked at those photos for 20 years. Get rid of them, gone out of my life. I feel pretty good because I've emptied something out of my attic. And then all of a sudden I say, oh, I wonder what happened to those photos of my children when they were five. Oh, Celine told me to get rid of them. Oh, Celine told you. Oh, it's her fault. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? That is, I know is what the, you mean, yeah. Is that the opportunity there for me to have a lot of regret? Well, it's not so much about letting go, letting go, letting go all the time. It's about giving you that choice. Do you really need this? And if the answer is yes, then keep it and keep it with joy. Because, you know, looking at those photos, even if it's just once mm. every five years, will just bring you so much joy. Yeah. So it's not really about letting go. It's about, yeah, really giving you that choice. Do you really need this? Is it really important to you? Then yes, well, keep it, of course. But how do you decide what, what to do? How do you well, decide what to let go? Well, Mary Kondo th- believes it's about that feeling of joy. You know, you look at that piece of clothing or at that photo. Does it bring you joy? Yes. No. That's it's, it's as simple as that. And you cultivate that sense of joy and then it gets easier. Perhaps from a feminine point of view, you might look at uh, a piece of clothing and say, wow. I love that dress. I mean, why would you buy it otherwise? And then you look at it in a year's time and say, oh, yeah, I used to love that dress. Whereas a bloke might say, it's just a pair of jeans. Do we, is it different for men and women? Um, I don't believe it is. I'm not attached to clothing as well. Like, I just let go of clothes all the time. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't really fit me or if I don't find it very comfortable, even if I did two weeks ago, I'll just let it go because I won't wear it anymore. I just know it. So I think you'd be the exception to the rule though, because you were thinking, you were thinking about this sort of stuff all the time in your daily business, aren't you? Good points. Good points. Okay. So let me say this. So I think women have a tendency to hold on to um, clothing. Like for example, if you're trying to release weights, you're going to hold on to pieces of, of clothing that you used to wear when you were you know 20 years ago because sure. you know you used to be slimmer and yep. fitter then and so you you're just holding on to them because you know that you want to go back to that ideal weight um so and if you don't go back to that ideal weight that you you know mm-hmm. uh, 20 years ago then you will feel a lot of shame and guilt and yep. resentment even if it's not something that you actually want to wear anymore because it doesn't suit who you are now or who you want to be in the sure. future so um that's how we attach memories and kind of desires to our clothing. So in that case, I would probably say, actually, you can just release that piece of clothing yeah. because it doesn't bring you joy at the moment. And when you have achieved your ideal weight, yeah. then get something that brings can you a lot of joy. buy some new stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are many, many people, including men, who would have stuff in their closet that they no longer fit into and, they, and they're hanging on to because they get, they're <laughs> saying, one day I'm getting back into that. That's right. But I might suggest them, look, throw it out now or let it go and uh, when you do become 5 or 10 kgs lighter yeah go and buy yourself something new as a bit of a reward mm, absolutely yeah but I wonder if, you know, do we need to be told to do that or obviously we do well, you know if you need help in that yeah. department, in that area of your life, don't you? Like sure. if it's something that you've been trying to do for the past five years and you're still not there, but you still want it, and it doesn't seem like it's going to happen for you if you're trying to do this alone, then hire a coach. Yeah. Why do we hang on to stuff? Is it? I, I might suggest this because we don't think about it. We just 
we put it in the cupboard, we forget about it. We're not actually hanging mm. on to it. We've just stuck it in the cupboard because we can't be bothered. Well, that's something else I wanted to talk about today, actually, that we love to be busy and we love to fill our lives with commitments and things and people and friendships and everything. And that makes us really busy. And so we don't really want to declutter our home because we don't really think that it's important to us or that we have really time. Like a lot of time I hear, you know, I don't have time for this or when I have time, I will do this. Well, make the time now if it's really important for yeah. you. Exactly. Like, save yourself from looking at your phone for two hours. Go and tidy I know. Up I'm so ashamed. I can't believe I'm talking about this publicly. No, but oh! but that, is, that is a really good point, though, because I imagine that there are many people uh, who are possibly listening to this uh, program right now who are also, at the same time, looking at their telephone and watching the television at the same time. So they're, they're multitasking. Mm. They're listening to three things at once. Whereas if they said, okay, well, I'm going to turn the TV off. I'm going to stop looking at my um, device. I'm going to listen to this. Mm. Wouldn't their life be because better? Because it off? brings me joy. Ta-da. Because it brings me joy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it's not that we're um, we don't want to do it. It's just that we were in a in a rut, aren't we? We're in a groove. Mm. We've always done it. Well, I feel that when we do this, we you know we tend to be busy all the time. Yeah, every everyone I know um, in my life has a lot of commitments. Has really busy. Blah 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 blah. And when you know next week, next month, I'll have more time for this. But it never happens. So I think you know tuning off and spending a lot of time on our phone, just doing a lot of things at the same time, but not doing them very well, just helps us to just tune off in the best way we know how. It'll be interesting to catch up with you next month. Gosh, I really need to work on this now. (laughs) (laughs) And see what you've done with those extra, I don't know, extra 20 hours. Mm, Absolutely. That's a whole day. I I can't believe it. Yeah, so you'll have to keep a bit of a log Mm. and tell us, you know, what happened and and what you've actually missed out on. And you probably won't even realize you've missed out on anything. I'm really ashamed, though. What do I do on my phone for all that time? I'm sure you and 99% of the people that we know are doing exactly the same thing that you're doing. Mm. Can you believe we're just about out of time? Wow, already. Yeah. Can you just remind our listeners, we want to come and see you for some, some help with uh, discovering the, our inner selves. We want to start loving ourselves. Yes. yes, the art of self-love. <laughs> uh, just talk us through what might happen for uh, in our initial meeting. Come okay. along to see you. What happens? Fantastic. So you are listening to this show and you are you have decided that I'm the right person for you and you're ready to change. You know exactly what you want to change and you know that you're going to get there. So the first thing is to go to my website, mydawninglight.com and to book a session with me. And so during our first session, it's about, it's usually between 60 and 90 minutes and we look at, you know, where you're at where you are at in your life now and where you want to go and what's holding you back. That's the big question. And um, uh, so you have the choice of, you know, working with me once, you know, once a week or once every now and again when you feel the need to. But what I would recommend is definitely to work with me once a week and you'll see a lot of results because I know I've been there and I'm still doing the work and, do, you know, just working on yourself every week, every day, every minute is just going to, you know, blow your mind and everything's going to change for you if you're determined. And I guess the great thing about competency is we'll see results straight away, won't we? Well, I believe so. You know, if you're determined to make changes in your life, everything is going to change. If you believe that I'm the one who's going to make changes for you, then Mm. nothing is going to happen because I can't change your life for you. you cannot indeed. Unfortunately, I would love to otherwise. Okay, just remind our listeners one more time before we let you go. Uh, how do we get hold of you? Okay, so the first step is to go to my website, mydawninglight.com, and then you can just scroll around, read things, and um, there'll be a button for you to uh, book your first session with me. I'm so excited. Indeed. And if you miss any of the programs that uh, Celine 
uh, has done in the past. You go to our website, www.radiokidnappers.org.nz. There's a, a whole bunch of them there. Absolutely. To be listened to <laughs> at your leisure. As always, Selena, our pleasure. You look after yourself. We'll talk to you same time, same place next time. Bye. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a volunteer-based community access station. For more information, go to www.radiokidnappers.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this program available through funding the Access Internet Radio Project.